Gig Gab, the Working Musicians Podcast, episode number 81 for Monday, September 12th, 2016. <music> Greetings, fork forks. Greetings, folks. <laughs> I don't know where that came from. <laughs> Welcome to Gig Gab. Uh, it's earlier in the morning than we usually do this, and I guess my mouth's not working quite the way I thought it would, but uh, we're going to do this podcast for working musicians because that's what we are. Here in Durham, New Hampshire, I'm Dave Hamilton. Out in Las Gatas, California, it's Paul Kent. <laughs> Ladies and, how, and germs. Yes, how's your fork this morning, Paul? <laughs> for, fork you, dude. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So, uh, I, I guess I should start by asking you about your back, man, because you were telling us last week that, uh, in fact, the show was delayed last week uh, in part because of, of that. And then there was holidays and other things that sort of threw wrenches in the works. But how are you feeling? Well, it went downhill after the podcast. So, you remember, I heard it Sunday morning, um, tough through a gig Sunday evening, felt a little bit better during the gig, but paid the price for it Sunday night. Was feeling pretty bad Monday and then Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. It was bad. I mean, it was, I was pretty immobile. And fortunately, I have a great friend and a guitar player, actually, Dr. Ali Khan, who's a, a chiropractor also. He was nice enough to come to my house Thursday. Wow. Uh, I had to cancel gigs Thursday night and Friday night acoustic gigs. Ali came to the house. He did this kind of electrode therapy, put it on my back, and then yep. some kind of ultrasound therapy. And uh, I could stand up Thursday night was good, but I couldn't play Friday night. Wow. Yeah, it was bad. He came back to the house Friday night, eight o'clock at night, and after his long day of work, and gave me another round of therapy, and I was feeling a lot better. That's good. These are good Mirac friends to have. The crazy good friends to have. Yeah. And uh, yeah, no, seriously, I was on my hands and knees. I mean, I couldn't move, oh. and uh, and he got me up, and then he got me. It, the nice thing, whenever this happens, when it gets better, it tends to get better very fast. Oh, that's good. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, by, by Thursday night, I could stand up by Friday night. I felt like the nerve pain was gone. And I felt like I, it felt like somebody hit me in the back sure. of the bat a couple of weeks ago, that type of sore. Um, we played Saturday and I um, was very conscious to try not hop around as much as I do. Uh, I did okay at that, but I was a little sore, but not again, nerve pain Saturday night. Uh, a lot of ice was involved all weekend, and um, then Sunday we played, you know, our last summer series outdoor yep. gig. Yep. we had a really good time, and, good. and oh, good. So it, oh, it was an good. eventful week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, I'm glad you're better. I, I mean, I, this, this is good, and I'm glad you were able to, you know, kind of wrap up your summer season without having to, you know, like pull a last minute cancellation or, or you know, do the gig from a stool or, or play guitar from your hands and knees. So that's yeah, cool. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so Thursday afternoon, I got a call from the contact that I have at the University of New Hampshire in the sports, athletics, entertainment department, and we play a lot of gigs for them. We we in various capacities, they do some acoustic gigs for them, and then. Uh, before football games, we've traditionally in the past played uh, electric gigs. They have a little VIP area as people are kind of entering the stadium and uh, and and they've got a stage set up and we've played there. Brand new stadium this year. 
big, big, huge deal for the University of New Hampshire. And Saturday night was their first game, first home game. So Thursday afternoon, I get a call. Hey, uh, so we were thinking maybe we should have a band on Saturday in the, you know, in the VIP area. It's all kind of happening last minute, uh, you know, but we want to do it. And we don't really want to just punt and have a DJ. We think it'd be really cool to have a band. And I'm thinking, oh, yeah, I'm in. Right. First game, new stadium, all this good stuff. We're in. So I call all the guys in fling and and Russ, who can almost always make every gig. In fact, I never even worry about it. Uh, was totally committed for the day. He had uh, a, a wedding for a family member. He had, you know, the, the, the kind of thing that you can't just bail out on. Uh, and a fling gig would not be a fling gig without Russ. So I was like, okay, fine. So I call uh, the guys in chafed, but really instead of checking with chafed, I check with the trio that could be axis on stage because, you know, less people. And then if I want, I can add more. Right. And, uh, and this is a gig that was going to run from about four thirty PM to six o'clock PM. So even if you had a nighttime club gig, you could do this. It was going to pay, you know, fairly well, uh, at least a hundred bucks a man. So, you know, easy money, no problem in and out park right by the stage. All easy. Good. Nope. Couldn't do it. Uh, the guitar player from, from chafed was, uh, he had to go to Boston for something, I don't know, a doctor's appointment or something. And then, and then he had an early gig with the, he does this dueling pianos thing. So he couldn't do it. So I'm like, okay, that's basically three bands. Now I've struck out on, if you count Axis mm. and Chafed as two, and I start thinking, I really want to do this gig. And I thought, Oh, wait a minute. There's the trio. I used to play in with, with, uh, with these guys, the trio that used to back up, uh, we, we used to play as a four piece backing up uh, Kelly. It was a band called knockoff, but we did quite a few gigs just as a trio without Kelly. And, uh, and we called that, uh, what did we call that? Triple play or as Kelly, <laughs> as Kelly liked to call it testosterio, which I thought was just a brilliant name. It's funny. Uh, it is. Yeah. So I'm like, I haven't talked to these guys in a couple of years, but you know, we could, that I would be comfortable putting on stage. Right. Cause I, I trust these guys. I know them. They're both still playing. We just haven't played together, but we, we lock in, no problem. So I call him and uh, one of them, one of the guys just had knee surgery a couple days before. So he would be like, he's like, I could do it, but I'd be up on a stool. And the other guy was having elbow surgery the next day. <laughs> yeah. Dave, the, the universe is trying to tell you something. I, here. Yeah. And that was it. It was like, you know, and, and so then, of course, my thoughts shifted to, all right, now I have to find play i i could do this but it would mean finding players that had never played together before and and trying to piece this thing together and with a 90 minute set that's attainable but the level of quality that i was you know going to put on stage by making that decision was most likely quite a bit lower than the level of quality i could put on with a band that actually played together and you know can go out and do this would they have been okay with uh, just about anything they would have been okay with anything I was okay with. And, and that, that was the, that was sort of the, 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 the pressure point was, okay, wait a minute. You know, I don't want to put something up on stage. That's a weak product and then have them not trust me the next time. Right. So, right. so hard as it was, I had to admit defeat on this one. Yes. The universe told me. And, uh, and so, you know, we, uh, I, I mean, they, they were appreciative that I tried and, and all of that stuff, but I, I just couldn't put it. There was nothing. <laughs> like, how, how is it that I can't find somebody that's available for, you know, two hours on a Saturday afternoon to do a gig? But 
I couldn't funny. do it. Yeah, so uh, so I'm not sure what they did. I, they probably wound up going with a DJ uh, unless they found another band. But um, yeah, we'll do. I mean, we'll do some other gigs for them. It, it's not like they were. They knew it was. They were asking this last minute, uh, you know, and they weren't. Uh, it, it's not like they were terribly upset with me that that I couldn't do this. But it was one of those things. It was like, man, five minutes from the house, you know, <laughs> really, really easy. But nope, not so much. Not so onward much. you go onward. Yeah, you have to. Right. I mean, that's just how it goes. It's hard to say goodbye to a gig that you really want, though. And I, I you know, I, I probably know enough people that I could have put together in the same type of situation. Yeah. But after a certain amount of no's, sometimes I, I think I'm learning as I get older to uh, listen, listen to the karma gods that are kind of floating through the air. That's sort of where I got to it. It was like, you know, and, and I and all this was happening while I was at uh, uh, the second bitter pill rehearsal. Uh, and I, it was like, yeah, no, I, you know, I can't, I can't do this, you know? And, but I started thinking maybe there's some musicians here and I could pull the, you know, I could pull something together. We all know some general business tunes. We need one set of music. That's it. You know, there's that term again. Yeah. yeah. GB. GB. Yeah. But I would love to hear how many people who listen to the show use that term. I guarantee it's, it's only people that have played in the state of Massachusetts. Okay. Got it. Yeah. I mean, you've never heard it other than when when Simon and I were talking about it and Simon knew it from playing in Massachusetts um, and maybe New Hampshire, too. But so this is the rock and roll fake book stuff that I I talk about. That's exactly that's the right way to describe that. That's it. Yep. Yep. It's the real book of rock and roll. You got it. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. the, The songs that you should you should be able to play when you show up at a gig. You know, got it. Yeah. But anyway, it uh, it didn't happen. So it was, it's kind of a shame. But like you said, sometimes you just got to listen to the universe. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, couldn't believe it. <laughs> so uh, when, are you, when are you up next with the bands? Uh, well, I have two gigs this week, two acoustic gigs. The Probably the last two outdoor gigs of the season. Uh, it's still been pretty warm here, although yesterday we had uh, sort of a – an intense and thin strip of storms blow through it. It kind of blew through each town in, in like five to 10 minutes or less, but, um, but knocked out power. I mean, it was a pretty crazy thing. We didn't, we lost power only briefly, but you know, it kind of, kind of blew out all of the humidity and, and all that stuff. And today, yesterday it was, you know, mid seventies, late high seventies and, and really humid. And today it's, it's not even 60 here and it's dry wow. and cool and I've got the windows open and it's like, Oh yeah, this is good. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. The, um, season. yeah. The, yeah. Season, the seasons are changing really quick here as well. We played at the beach yesterday, got to the beach. It was about 55 degrees Ooh. and foggy at noon. And then the sun broke through for our three thirty downbeat and it was absolutely perfect. But oh, that's perfect. Def- Definitely the, you can feel the changes coming in the air. Yeah. Yeah. So we have, we have two outdoor gigs, um, with monkey fist acoustic, uh, Thursday and Friday night. Uh, I hope to make both of them. They can monkey fist can, can go as a duo without me. I've got a thing that I might need to go to in New York on Thursday, but, uh, I'm hoping to be able to punt that to someone else so I can do these, uh, these two gigs back to back. Cause the weather should be great. Um, the Thursday night gig is at this place called the gaslight that I've told you about. That's downtown Portsmouth and yeah. really, really fun gig. And then uh, Friday is another one. It's, it's this club. Well, it's a place called the dairy field. It's a club. It's a restaurant. It's all kinds of different things, but they have this huge deck that overlooks a golf course. 
and it's a gorgeous gig to do. And that's fun. It is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and, and it's always full of people and they're really into it. So it's, uh, hopefully, and the weather looks good. So hopefully, you know, I know more about your fling gig than I know I do about your monkey fist gig, but, um, I, the videos you and your wife posted Mm. a monkey fist the other day playing in that gazebo. That guy has a really wonderful voice. He is. We, we refer to him as a man angel. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> that's johnny d johnny d actually also sells ads for us over at backbeat media uh but uh but yeah john and john has a great voice for you know what i call that that copycat style right where he, he can, sound well the, the one in particular that uh if i had a million dollars i was like blinking my eyes is this the guy <laughs> yeah exactly exactly <laughs> yep yeah and he and and bare naked ladies is something he does really really well uh, but, but he also does, you know, Mellencamp. Well, he does everything really well. And, uh, and he's one of those guys that doesn't, you know, he's always worried about being, out, I mean, we all are worried about being out of tune, but, but he, he worries too much. He, he's got a great voice and he's got great sensibilities. It's a pleasure singing harmonies with him all night nice. long. You know, it's just one of those, it's like butter. Yeah, it's great. Yep. Yeah. Great. Really talented cat. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's a true pleasure backing him up, uh, and, and singing along with him all night. He's, it's that's kind of my favorite gig. I can sing leads if I have to, but um, but I really like just singing harmonies and cool. and locking in. So yeah, it's fun. It's good. Hey, I want to tell you about an interesting gig that we had on Saturday. Yeah. The situation of the gig was interesting. So it was a art and wine festival, and we were the headliner for the Saturday night. And the band that played before us is what I really want to talk about. Sure. So uh, they are a bunch of younger musicians, which is awesome to see whenever we, you know, we see a band of, uh, you know, kind of the next generation of people who are going to be filling the gig slots. Um, it, there's not enough of them in the first place. I don't know where if where you are, there are a lot of like bands in their 20s playing covers, playing covers that they that they like. Um, but this was a very up and coming band and, and up and coming to the point where their manager played in Prince's band. Uh, they have pictures on their website uh, that Verdine from Earth, One & Fire led their rehearsal the other day, that type oh, of thing. So wow. they've got friends in high places that are mentoring them, and and uh, and they're really, really nice people. Um, let's see. So the total picture is they're on stage, and they have excellent youthful energy. They're very tight. I, I'm quite sure that several of the musicians in the band are schooled musicians. This is not a pickup band. Sure. They're, they're very much serious about what they're doing and they're getting some good gigs and better gigs all the time. Huge band. They have like four, four front people. Um, I think two keyboards, one was covering a horn parts. I think they have horns, but horns didn't fit on the stage for huh. them. So they didn't bring the horns out for this gig. I think that's what happened. Um, but it was an interesting thing because they were really good and they had a lot of youthful energy and they were playing kind of more, modern hip hop and, and, uh, and R and B type stuff, uh, like Beyonce, that one of the singers with a girl and they, they did like, um, boys to men and, and oh, wow. know, a lot of that type of stuff, but they were really good. And so my band is backstage and I'd have to say that my band hasn't really been pushed, uh, waiting to take the stage in a while. And so it was just, I was observing, like there are some guys in my band who are just coolest cucumbers and they're like yep our turn next and then there are some guys who were noticing that this band before us really had the crowd 
amped up mm. and it was a younger crowd, you know, that I don't know if this band brought the crowd or just attracted the crowd because it was a really big art and wine festival. Um, but, uh, you know, there was a vibe. We were talking last week about the vibes that your band emanates and I could tell it wasn't about concern. It was about, all right, we got to bring it today, you know? And so, um, I knew I had some conversations with their band leader cause we had some crossover for, of some songs that we worked out very easily, by the way. Um, and so I knew, so I put like long train running first for our set. Uh, you know, I just wanted to hit the, the stage smoking yeah. after I knew what these guys would be doing. And, uh, but it was a really fun thing to watch my band kind of observe, uh, kind of amp themselves up to bring, you know, knowing that they had to bring it even at a greater level than we usually do right. and then do it. We had a, we had a terrific gig. And the interesting thing I'll say about this is um, I don't know a lot of, you know, top 40 from the last 10 years, maybe even 15 years. So I knew some of the songs, you know, I'd say I knew about 60% of the songs. Some sure. of the songs were totally lost on me that this band was playing. And then they did some medley at the end of the show. And um, I knew, I think, I think there were four or five songs. I didn't know all of them. And especially I didn't know the last song. And the last song was kind of a heavy, kind of dark, you know, deep rap type of thing. And, um, I could see in the audience that some of the, the kids were, you know, kids, let's just say everyone under 35 was kind of <laughs> digging it. And then, and then anyone North of 35, it was a pretty aggressive song for them to end on. And, uh, and, it, uh, as great as they did, I thought that the last song, they kind of divided the audience a little bit. And then we came on and we did our thing and our, you know, you know, our song list There's there's just, just, favorite songs you know there's not many songs where you say hmm you know why would they choose yeah, that well, one yeah where did that come from right no right? it's yeah it's all just no filler all killer all killer and um and i would say the vibe that we were able to kind of communicate was this kind of joyful always uplifting uh thing we ended with ain't no mountain high enough and you know i think we had a world record for number of people singing along with us you know when we hit down downbeat on that song and and uh it was an interesting study in the way that another generation of musicians is kind of viewing what a show should be. A lot of audience participation, a lot of, Hey, Ho, and you know, a lot of arm waving and that type of thing. And, um, Uh Oh, Paul, what are the, Oh yeah. I, I think I lost you for about uh, four seconds, but go ahead. Ask your question. All right. Yeah. Uh, the question was, is, is, you know, bands of musicians that are growing up now, um, the songs that shape their experience growing up that they want to communicate are those songs that will really last long enough that you'll be able to play those songs. And we've, we had a little version of this conversation many, many episodes ago, but um, yeah, I, I, it was interesting to see that our all killer, no filler selections. Um, I think at the end of the day, won the day and, you know, more people, had a consistently uplifting experience through our stuff. So what was the average age of the crowd? Um, it, well, when they were playing, it was younger, oh, but, okay. still, but right. still mixed. So it was, it was skewed younger when they were playing. Sure. And then when we were playing, it skewed older. So I'd say, I'd say it was in the thirties, early thirties when they were playing. And it was in the, probably the early forties, maybe, maybe, somewhere in the forties uh, when we were playing. Yeah. Okay. So, so there was, a, there were enough people there that each band could attract, a, a, you know, critical mass to the stage of people that knew the songs that they were playing. Definitely. Yeah. 
Oh, that's good. That's that's what a festival crowd should be. Absolutely. And, and it, you know, there are many points that I'm making here. Some of it yeah. is watching my band kind of get their like game together in advance and, you know, you know, be challenged, which I don't know that we've really felt that way before in a while, you know, that the band before us was really pushing us to to bring something at a higher level. So yeah. that was kind of cool. And that we did it was very rewarding. And, um, you know, just kind of thinking about next generations of musicians um, and, you know, how they're viewing set lists and, and uh, they definitely have the energy thing down. I mean, sure. all of their, all of their role models, you know, of that style of music, very aggressive music. Um, there's just a lot going on with that stuff. And, uh, and that was cool. So at the end of the day, the, the name of the band was Pacific soul. They were terrific. Um, I, it would be interesting for people who listen to the show, go find Pacific soul band online and check out their videos and see what they're doing, uh, and, and check them out. Uh, and then, you know, wherever you are, whatever type of band you have, uh, you know, what would you do if you had an extremely high energy act playing right before you? And how would you react to that? Would you be like, well, we're going to do what we're going to do? Or, you know, would you be like, all right, the crowd's amped up to 11 now. We need to do, we need to restructure what we're going to do. You know, some bands by very, very specific design try and take their audience on kind of a different type of a vibe. Oh, uh, sure. But, yeah. But yeah. If you're like that- a, if you're like an old school R&B kind of band where it's, it's all belly rubbing, you know, buckle polish and stuff. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Then, then no, then, then that change of gears, you kind of have to introduce right out of the gate and, and just make it happen and own it. And I, yeah, we, I mean, we've been in that scenario actually with our Flink Fests. We had, I remember one in particular where the kids, you know, we had Jam Patrol play for us and, and that's all of our kids. <laughs> And they owned the room. It was like, oh, holy crap. You know, like, we got to make sure they don't blow us off the stage here. That's it. And uh, and so, yeah, we absolutely changed, you know, not the entire set, but, but you know, the first three songs, it was like, okay, no, 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 no. We're not, we're not going to ease into this. We don't need to, like, the crowd's already warm. So we can just come right out of the gate screaming and we need to because otherwise, you know, we're, we're doing short sets here. It, there's no time to, to, you know, the journey that we thought we were going to take them on. They're already halfway down the path. So let's just join them there and go. And it was fun. It turned out to be a great night. Yeah. I, I know. Um, I know when 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 they were both coming up, the Spin Doctors and Blues Traveler played a bunch of gigs together and they would trade off opening for each other. It was, you know, it was just a, a double bill kind of thing. And it, these were, you know, mid-sized clubs and that sort of thing. And the entire goal was to, you know, raise the energy energy level to the point where the band that was coming on second had to, you know, dig deep. And I think that helped, you know, that's got to help your band if you're doing that every night. Yeah, yeah. You know, a little friendly competition is a really good thing in that in that regard. Yeah, as long as as it's not unhealthy. Yeah. Friendly and not unhealthy are really the key words. Right. right. It's unhealthy. You don't buy into it and you just do your thing. That's right. Yeah. You, 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 that's, that would be the best outcome. Right. Yeah. You, you don't, you don't need, you don't need that in your life. And so, and right. you, you, know, you definitely make the mental note. You're not going to do any more bills with the band. That's going to create that kind of healthy thing. I don't know that I've ever had that and that would be miserable for sure, but sure. healthy, you know, something, anything in life that makes you dig deep and, you know, take yourself to another level, I think is a, is a positive experience for somebody. And with bands as a collective, it's a very good thing. And I'll tell you what, maybe my biggest reflection is the intense rewarding feeling that that what we do 
Um, you know, because here's the other side of it. If we would have kind of like eased into it, you know, especially with, you know, our, in older bands, you know, you can look old and that's not something that you want to have happen. That's <laughs> probably that, not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, anyway, you know, I'm, I'm t- tipping my hat to my guys who just really brought the noise and, and it was uh, they were amped and that amped expressed itself through a very powerful performance. And, uh, and it was really, you know, very, we had a lot of good times this summer that that's going to stand out to me is, you know, we kind of climbed a little mountain together as a band and that was really cool. That's cool. So, um, you know, I had this, um, this better pill rehearsal, I guess we talked after my first one and then, uh, or maybe I, I'm trying to think when, when was my first bitter pill rehearsal? Do, had I already been to a rehearsal when we, when we spoke last, I guess I had, cause we recorded, um, we recorded Wednesday Yeah, and then you just had first one. Yeah. And then Wednesday night I went and had the second one and the first one was easy because the way this play is organized, I heard the first one turns out to have been easy <laughs> because the, the way the play is organized, the first act is all about the band. It, it's it, like I said, it's a collection of songs, but the, the, the setting of the first act is actually like a crappy nightclub. And, and so there's this band playing and, and yes, there's other people on stage kind of doing things, but, but the focus is really on the band. The second act is actually happens in a graveyard. And I don't even think I'll play drum set at all in the second act. It'll be mostly like different percussion and stuff. It's a much lower key sort of thing. <clears throat> and, the first night of rehearsal, we did the second act. And I think it was just because of which people could be, you know, what rehearsal went. So second act, easy stuff. It's not about the band. We've got all the singers we need in the room. Uh, nobody needs to be mic'd for the second act. And and so, you know, we were, I was helping sort out harmonies and, and all that stuff. And I sang a little bit only to show people what, you know, what parts we were thinking of and that sort of thing. But uh, But it was mostly about these very well-trained, experienced theater singers, right? And a lot of what we were doing was helping them not sing like theater singers, like learning, you know, sing, sing like rock and roll singers, uh, you know, don't, not so much vibrato. It, it's okay to bend into a note a little bit, you know, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, the second night we did the first act and a lot of what happens in the first act, as I said, is about the band. And that means that the band is all singing harmonies. You know me. I am not at all like I have no fear of any of performing pretty much anything anywhere. Right. We're doing this thing and, you know, it comes time. I've got to sing a harmony with Billy or whatever. And I'm noticing like every time I go to sing my hands in front of my mouth, like it's like it. And it took me a little while to realize, wow. Oh, the problem is I'm intimidated singing in front of all these Mm. other people that are in the room because these people can sing. I mean, really, really sing. And, uh, <clears throat> but I just had to step it up. I, you know, it's, it was one of those scenarios where you fake it till you make it. And I'm, I'm still in the fake it scenario, but, uh, but I'll pretend that I'm okay doing all this. And, and eventually I will be. Uh, but, uh, but it was, you know, it was like, wait a minute. I can, you know, I know how to do this. I know I can lock these harmonies in with him. This is not going to be a problem. Why am I hesitant to even attempt this? You know, and it's, it's, it's sometimes the smaller audience of exactly the right or, you know, wrong people <laughs> is much more difficult than the very, very large audience. Of, uh, it's funny you say that. Nick and I have had this very conversation. We play in front of, you know, thousands of people. Yeah. 
a small room at a piano when people say, oh, sit down and sing is mm. the hardest, you know, hey, do a private song for me. Right. Those are the weirdest things for me. It's hard. Yeah. 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 So. um so I, so I, but it, the, the funny part was, I just, I wasn't aware of it uh, uh, for half the rehearsal. It was just, I kept noticing myself doing these things. I'm like, why am I getting in my own way here? <laughs> but, you know, cause there was a lot else to, to worry about. It was not only was, did I have to, uh, you know, perform or, or at least sing and play, but we were learning the tunes and, and, you know, talking about arrangements and changing things. And, you know, there was a lot going on. So it was, you know, high mental bandwidth uh, moments, and and so I just wasn't thinking about like <laughs> I, I I didn't I didn't it took me a while to stop to think and be like oh it's okay you're just nervous <laughs> it's it's no problem just you'll get Which past it, it you know I think nerves is something you just don't experience in your life this got to be like the most foreign of feelings to you yeah I I mean I'm used to it at some level like when I get on stage. Uh, there's a level of anxiety, but it, but it's 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 certainly not debilitating. It's in fact, it's a, a helpful level. I've always said if you're not at least a little bit nervous, anxious, amped up when you get on stage, it it shows that you don't care. Right. I mean, it, there's some level of I want to do well here. And, yeah. and so that that provides a little bit of that nervous energy. So I'm certainly used to that. And I and I do notice when I don't have it. And that's usually when I, you know, uh appropriately extricate myself from from a gig if i find that i'm playing with a band and you know for three gigs in a row i go on stage and i could care less yeah then it's like wait a minute i'm not doing this you know th this isn't my job i don't have to be here so but but this is this, that was not this this was like i was genuinely nervous yeah and it, it, it yeah you're right it was foreign and it like i said the thing i noticed the most was every time i went to sing my hand was in front of my mouth I'm like why i gotta get my like, that's a really bad thing to do. You yeah. shouldn't have your hand. Why is your hand in front of your mouth? So how'd you get over it? Um, well, I haven't yet. No, I'm still oh. massively intimidated by these people. Yeah. Yeah. But I've told them that, you know, so that I mean, that's like I said, fake it till you make it is how you uh, how you get through this. You just, you know, and it's there's no there's no personality reason to be intimidated in, in front of these people. Right. I mean, it's, it's a very supportive group. Everybody, uh -huh. you know, I mean, we all want the same thing, but, but it's, it's not, there's, it's not a competitive thing. Everybody really is there to help each other. Uh, it's, it's a wonderful group of people. And, and it's all just in my head because, but because, you know, these people are, are insanely talented and, right. And expect a lot out of themselves and therefore the people around them. Uh, you know, the expectations are, are high and they should be, you know, but uh, but yeah, <laughs> it was it was an int I've never really sang in front of theater people before it, with theater people before in, in this context. Whenever I'm, you know, backing up a show, I'm just the drummer and, and that's it. And I'm the only drummer, you know, in, in most cases. So I don't you know, there's. There, that level of, of, like you said, friendly competition doesn't exist. You know, I, I'm the one playing the drums. Nobody else is. It's, it's right. all good. But whatever my skills are, hopefully they're at least good enough to cover the show. And, and you know, you move on. And uh, But with this, there's, you know, everybody sings. 100% of the people involved sing. Um, and, and there are many, many, many people that are much better than me. <laughs> so... So it's been interesting, you know, especially the first night kind of helping coach them through. And then the second night, it was like, all right, man, now it's your turn. <laughs> but think, think about where your vibe will be once you get through it, once you get through oh, this. Oh, absolutely. You know, feeling. I mean, yeah, yeah, that, that's uh, what I'm looking forward to. Yeah, we're sending you, we're sending you to Broadway. 
That's right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, maybe not so much. <laughs> yeah, but it's fun. It's um, it's going to be a very interesting show. Uh, one of the lead characters, actually, at least one of the lead characters is a puppet. Uh, it's going to be totally bizarre. It's going to have kind of this Halloween-ish theme. And, uh, you're not, you're not intimidated by the puppet, are you? No, no, I don't think so. I haven't seen the puppets yet. I mean, I've seen some of the puppets these guys make and they're insane. Uh, the puppets are insane and these gentlemen are insane, but, uh, (laughs) but it's, it's in a good way though. All the, I think I trust all the people and I'm not, you know, there's no issues with that. And we've got, I mean, we've got some people that, like I said, in addition to being singers, uh, some are acrobats and there's going to be like crazy like like uh silks and ropes and all sorts of things happening i i really am curious to see how this thing um this thing goes and i think we all are no one there it like i said it's the first time this is being put on stage and it's intended to be a a, an organic thing at some level i mean the, the guys who are directing it have a vision but it's not hard and fast. It's not set in stone. And so it, the, the intent is for this to feel like a rock band, even though there's whatever, 15 of us or something, but that sort of organic, we're doing this together, uh, you know, whatever, whatever can happen, let's make it happen and, and, and do it. So it's, it's fun. Yeah. It's just, you know, it's intimidating and it's a lot, it's a lot of time, but, uh, but we'll make it worth it. I'm sure you will. Yeah. <laughs> it's fun. We got anything else for today, Paul? No, we actually covered a lot of ground today, didn't we? we? Did. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's good stuff. All right, folks. Well, we will uh we will see you next week. I hope you have an excellent week. Visit us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash giggab podcast. Always be performing. Later. See ya. Thanks, Paul. See ya. 